what is going on, 156 family? Welcome back to another episode of First and 56, the best Indianapolis Colts podcast on the web. Rondo Griffin, Anthony Gulen, Marcus Martin, your host, as always. Celebration Tuesday for us on this one. The Colts pull off the victory against the Texans. Final score of 31 to 20. Um, even though it was a win, a little bit of down, but a, a lot of ups. Marcus, let's go to you first. The Colts put one on the board, first win of the season. Uh, we're going to talk about how it happened, but what was your feeling just once the, once the buzzer finally hit zero? Oh, man, I was real, uh, I was real happy. Um, first, first win of the season, uh, kick it off at the right time. Uh, figured we was only favored by one point, so, um, but there was a lot of analysts that said we were going to lose. Um, so me personally, I was just happy that we got the dub and see if we can build from there. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, you, you, you know you're going to take them when you get them. And especially with, like you said, the media kind of, I guess, against us a little bit, if you will. You know, Books had it at minus one and a half for the Texans, kind of feel that's more home field. I think by kickoff, it was a coin flip. It was literally even money. So it, you, obviously, you'll take you'll take W's when you can get them. You know, Gulet will go to you. Same thing. First impressions, get the official win on the books. Yeah. I mean, just like Marcus said, you know, I just want to add all the people who you know, said we were going to lose this game. You know, I didn't I didn't forget that graphic. Um, everybody picking the Texans on NFL Network, which I thought was really funny. Uh, and I'm just I'm just super relieved that we have our first win. Um, you know, I thought it was a really good showing on offense and defense. But I think the main thing for me was, you know, coming into the year, I think that there were a lot of fake narratives that were created about, you know, how Colts are bottom bottom half of the league, which, you know, right now, I guess you could say we are, but like people are calling us say like worst three teams in the NFL, but you know, you watch Chicago bears, like they're, they were <laughs> hyped up in the off season and they suck, you know, like people were picking Houston, Texas to be better than us this season, but like, clearly like they can't beat us. So like, I don't get where like these fake narratives come from. So that was my main takeaway. Right, you bring up like these pre these preseason you know power rankings, and I'm sure you guys seen it as well. Where it's like we're ranked as 32, 31. I've now I didn't see one before the season started of us higher than 30. Which and kind of like with you, it's like okay, I get it. We're we're not contenders, you know, or we're not even in that fighting spot for a wild card. But but to say that we're a literal bottom of the league, like let's be real now, we are not that bad. We're not that low on the totem pole. So obviously to to knock on a team that should be ranked lower than us and now is obviously going to be ranked lower than us, it's kind of a wake up call to hey, we're not these bottom feeders you think we are. We're gonna compete. We're not we're not winning anything serious this year. But again, we're we're not just these doormats like we've been. I guess call it last year. You know, it's a different team here. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I just think all those rankings. You know, especially just was like just especially to the veterans that are on our roster. Like, did people forget who they are? Like the Forrest Buckler and Grover Stewart lead our defensive line. That's the best one two in the league when it when it comes to one tech and no tackle. And you know our especially our linebacking core, like that people forget who they are. Like, I don't know. It's just, just, it's just funny to me, but I'm just glad that we got the job done. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, officially uh, get the win. So like I said, when it comes a little down, so Anthony Richardson, unfortunately d- does not finish this game again. So his, his second game of his career does end up finishing, you know, Gardner Minshew granted, albeit looks good in mock-up duty, but Anthony Richardson had this team rolling and we were obviously winning the game with him, with him, 
on the field. And, you know, we were all talking about it, like, while we were all texting each other during the game. It, it, it sucks that he had to leave when he did, but, damn, did he was he looking good in those first few drives. Marcus, what do you think? Yeah, that shot was pretty uh, – uh, it didn't look like from, from watching on TV that it was a – uh, a, a real hard blow, but I mean, when they went through and read the replay or whatever, yeah, he hit his head pretty hard. Uh, he bounced back though. He came back and, 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 and led the, the next offensive series, but um, yeah, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's my thing. You know, he's got to be able to protect himself. Uh, but I don't want him to stop doing what he's doing though. I love it. I love it. And I love it. And I keep saying it. I love it. I mean, but just protect himself. I want him to be able to finish the game and stuff like that, but he did his thing though. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine if he would have stayed all four quarters what his stats would have been. Yeah, I mean, and Gulick, I'm sure you're going to mirror what Marcus said, but again, there's like only game number two of this guy's career, and maybe it's early, but it's, he seems to be proving all the doubters and all the negative things they had against him pre-draft. So far, I think he's been proving them wrong slowly but surely. Yeah, I mean, literally, this goes back to my point about fake narratives. I mean, people were saying he was the worst out of the three, the, the three top quarterbacks, and, you know, Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm a little biased, but I do think he's the, he's going to be the best that comes out just because of that rushing ability. I mean, we've seen, you know, from literally one quarter, you know, he has two rushing touchdowns in that first drive. He looks very well passing. I mean, uh, I did take a look at the all twenty-two, and he did miss, um, you know, one deep shot to Pierce. He was wide open. Instead, he took a little check down to Downs, which is, you know, it's, it's part of being a rookie. You're going to miss him sometimes, but, you know his poise in the pocket and, you know, his all around awareness is a lot better than what, you know, the so-called experts said pre-draft. And you know, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. And I, I agree with Marcus. I just think that, you know, I, I, I love what he's doing. I don't think he should stop it, but uh, we, we just uh, got to keep him healthy. All right. You know, I, I want to kind of harbor one of the things you said about, you know, watching all 22. So he, he didn't miss Pierce on, on a deep route. Let's take the check down for me as a rookie. I'm okay with that. Because let's flip it. Let's say he takes a deep shot to Pierce and, and he misses, or even any he, he throws a pick. Then, like you said, all those narratives are coming out at all. Oh, here we go again. He's a rookie. See, this is what we're talking about. He he's not ready. The, the fact that he choked, maybe, maybe he didn't see Pierce. Maybe he did. Obviously, that you kind of have to ask him to figure that out. But let let for example, let's just bod. Let's say he saw Pierce and like to check, take the check down anyway. I like that. That means he he's thinking. That means he's saying, "Hey, I'm being control. You know, that deep shot will be there later. I don't need to win the game right now on that one play." And I think, like me, and Marcus talked about on the earlier show, he his head is just so right. He, he says all the right things. He's clearly got the right mindset. And I, I think Steichen's you know the perfect coach to pair with him and, and get him moving forward. Because like like you mentioned about the Bears or Justin Fields, Justin Fields does not look good. And I, I've heard the argument of, "Oh, it's weapons. It's coaching. It, it's him." Anthony Richardson looks better than Justin Fields in two games. Like I'm sold. Absolutely. And if you look at if you look at the last two games, first and second game, um, a lot of Anthony's throws have been underneath. There have been you know short five dink and dunk routes. Um, well, that was one of his his downfalls coming out of college. They said he couldn't make the short throws. He couldn't do the he couldn't make those passes whatsoever. Well, now he's in the NFL right now and he's competing sixty five percent of those passes. So. Like you said, Brown, those deep shots are going to be there. He knows they're going to be there. I don't think it was just a legitimate miss. I just think it was part of the game plan, and he's just following the game plan that that, that Steichen has him going. And I love every bit of it. I, I really do. I mean, the way this offense is moving, um, you know, we, we putting up points. 
you know, we're already in better shape than we was last year and the year before. Right, and, and part of that is, like you say, you know, the deep shot's going to be there. He, he's hitting the he's hitting the layups. The thing that we all were told Matt Ryan was going to do last season and didn't do it. Anthony Richardson is doing that. He's hitting the layups. He's hitting the quick reads. He's hitting the short routes. Like you said, the biggest thing against him in the draft was his, his short his short range accuracy, and he's showing that that's an issue. Kind of like how we all said on on all of our draft previews for him. We're like accuracy, you can fix that. That absolutely can be fixed at the next level. Early, small sample size, sure, but he's showing that it's something he can, he's improved on and it can be better. The deep shots are going to come. And even then, like last week on, on the thing you said, where the deep shots are going to be there, he's taking these short routes and we're winning games, or at least in putting in position to win games. Last year with Matt Ryan, no deep shots. We weren't necessarily ever in positions to win games. It's very similar to the Jacoby year. He's playing winning football for us right now. There's no need to complain. And lastly, he's a rookie. He's going to get better just via his own growth. The man's only 21. Like in, in a league where, you know, you probably start dying off in your career when the age of 30, he's 21. Game two games into his NFL career. He's going to continue to improve and continue to get better. And he's obviously going to leave us for wanting more because, again, him getting knocked out early. And we wanted to see more in this game. Yeah. I, I agree, and uh, I just want to touch one more time on, you know, your point to the accuracy. You know, after, you know, just watching these past few games, you know, um, just the the incompletions that will show up on the stat sheet, to me, I don't really think they're that inaccurate. I just think that he just throws lasers and, you know, our players have just been dropping them. I mean, granted, that, that bad interception he had um, back in week one against Jacksonville, you know, a lot of people thought he didn't see the corner, but he came out and said post game he thought he could layer the ball over the corner in a tight window. So, like, I think he's, you know, a lot farther ahead than people think he are. I mean, especially what I thought, you know, I thought that he was going to take at least, you know, four or five games to start hitting, you know, the dink and dunk throws, just like you said. But he's been surprising me, you know, he's really been, you know, farther ahead than I assumed. So I, I think I think the NFL right now is really being put on notice. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, as I as we kind of said, with this team, but even look at the league as a whole, it's a youth movement. He he fits that mold. We've said, especially just in, just looking in the AFC, you know, we've been trying to patch it up with these old quarterbacks. And it's a arm, it's a young man arms race, you know. So now we finally got someone who's going to grow with the league, grow with our team. And again, like we were texting, we were texting during the game. Like obviously, I was watching watching the Colts game, watching Red Zone as well, and I was just like, the Titans don't look good right now. Sure, the, the Jaguars are at the top of the division. I don't think anyone's arguing that. You know, we just beat the Texans. As I've said, the Texans are in a similar realm as us. But coming into this season, you know, we were thinking Tennessee and ja- Tennessee and Jacksonville are, are going to fight for the title, and then we're going to kind of grow. But look at it, it's like Tennessee does not look good. I don't think the gap between us and Tennessee is even that far. I've already said the gap between us and the Jags isn't that far. But Tennessee's gap isn't that far either. And the difference between Tennessee compared to us and the Texans and the Jaguars Tannehill's 34, or he's 35. He's up there. They don't really have a, an idea of who the next quarterback's going to be. Uh, outside of Derrick Henry and, and Hopkins, I guess, what, Traylon Burks. But after that, that team's pretty ancient in terms of offensive, offensive side of the ball. So, uh, like I've said on this show, you know, we're probably two years removed from being serious competitors. But we're really only looking up to the Jags. Tennessee's after the season, I think it's going to be irrelevant. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I want to make this argument right now. I mean, 
you know, the Jaguars to me, I mean, you know, a lot of other, you know, big sources that have been coming out with this, especially after this game against Kansas City, the Jaguars are just wildly un- inconsistent. And, you know, I, I think in their, fr- in their uh, first win against us, you know, I think they just took advantage of our corners because a lot of those catches I thought were lucky as hell. I mean, Marcus could probably attest to it. I mean, you know, Trevor was fitting it into tight windows, but and, and Zay Jones made that diamond catch in the end zone. Like, to me, that was lucky as hell. I mean, if in, in my opinion, if Stephon Gilmore and Isaiah Rodgers are still on this team, they don't win that game. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's, there's no, there's just physically no way because, you know, they played they played uh, Kansas City this past week, and they don't have elite corners. They have Trent McDuffie, who was a first-round pick last year, but besides that, it's a bunch of third- and fourth-rounders, and Chris Jones. And they laid a goose egg on those dudes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I, – I, like, still, I don't see it with Jacksonville. I mean, you know, Jacksonville fans were arguing with me on Twitter. You know, to me, they're still the bottom feeders, even though they had that that good year last year. I mean, we, we saw it with, with Cleveland a couple of years ago uh, back in 2020. They made the playoffs, won 11-5 the next year. You know they won. They won maybe six or seven games with Mayfield. They still had that loaded roster. I'm not all in on Jacksonville yet. I'm not all in on any of these teams. That's why I say that you know we're not that far fetched. So you know Jacksonville, they still have to prove it to me because, like I said, you know they beat you in the playoffs a year before. You should come out guns blazing against those dudes. Buffalo beat us in the playoffs. We came back the next year. We beat them by 35 at their home place. Why can't Jacksonville do it? You know what I mean? That's why I don't fear Jacksonville. You know, their fans are going to come at us with, with with whatever, but I'm never going to feel the Jacks until they show me they're legit. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I, I've said that a lot coming into the season. That, yeah, sure, you're top of the division. I, I won't argue that at all. But in terms of, like, the rest of the AFC, like you, like you said, you're still bottom feeders. Kansas City doesn't fear you. I don't think Buffalo fears you. Cincinnati doesn't fear you. You're, you're not sparking any fear into these other teams you have to compete with to win a title. Like I said, we played probably the worst division in football. So, sure, you're going to get that free pass to the playoffs, but then what? What are you going to do then? Sure, Trevor Lawrence is the up-and-coming quarterback in this league. You, you know, I've heard arguments that you know, he's, top, he's top 10, top 15, whatever. I'm not going to say he's a bad quarterback. He's absolutely he's a good quarterback. But the rest of the team, you, like you said, you still got a lot of growing to do. You, you, where, where's your fear factor? You know what I mean? Like, let's take back to last year when we played, we opened a season against Kansas City. Sure. I think we all went to that game, attending that game, thinking like, yeah, we're probably going to lose, but whatever. Big why? Because you feared Mahomes. You feared Kelsey. You look at the Jacksonville roster. I don't fear anyone on that roster. That's not to say they can't become something later, but like in terms of like the absolute fear factor of, oh, my goodness, we have to go up against this player, they don't have that. I think quite as a cup, the calendar is marked for week six when we have to play them down in Jacksonville. Even though we haven't won in Jacksonville in a long time, uh, I do think the calendar is marked because I mean, if you go back to the first game, like like Gulick said, um, that game was a lot closer than what the score predicted. You know, said what the what the score says at the end of the day, that game was a lot closer. Uh, I'll say we were a running back away from winning that game. I I, I can promise you that. I mean, if Zach Moss played that game, we win. No no doubt, no doubt about that. So and and we'll be two and zero right now. We wouldn't even be talking about being one and one or getting our first win this week. We'd have won last week. Uh, so. Uh, I agree 100%. I'm not real all-in sold on the Jags. Uh, I see, I know Tennessee, you know, they came back and squeaked out a win last week. Uh, kudos to them, but I don't fear them either. I think this division is ours to win if we can lease this year, maybe, possibly. I don't know. I, I think we got at least 10 games in us that we can win if we play the way that we played these last two games. I, I, I just truly do. Uh, I'm not saying playoff. I'm not saying Super Bowl, but, I mean, at least nine or ten wins this year, I, I think we got it in us. 
You know, like I, I'm with you. Like it's definitely it's in within the realm of possibility. You know what I mean? Like it's not a ridiculous statement. Like I, I think all of us when we kind of predicted, we I think we all said about five six wins sounds about right. But but you're absolutely right, Marcus, in that you know probably the ceiling is nine ten wins. I, I think you could pull that off. And you know, speaking of the running back, let, let's talk about it going to this game. Zach Moss comes back, plays all what takes all the all the running back snaps. Deion Jackson does not touch the field once. And, and again, kind of like what we all said after the week one game we don't sure we're missing jt superstar running back but it's not like we necessarily need like a superstar back there we just need like a serviceable guy you know zach zach moss goes out for uh, 18 carries 88 yards and a touchdown serviceable you know again zach zach moss isn't like a a, a world beating guy whatever you know in terms of the heinz trade a lot of us said he was just like a throw-in but he, he's serviceable enough to where he can take some pressure off of whoever's under center and also let's talk about it. Let's talk about this O-line. Sure, it was the Texans, but uh, no sacks allowed on both quarterbacks. Our guys aren't getting touched. We remember left tackle being a huge issue. Bernard Raymond, again, two sample, small sample size, two games, has only allowed one pressure in two games. Uh, Will Fries has taken a lot of heat for you know the, his lack of there of, of good play. He's only given up four pressures. And no sacks allowed. So, sure, small sample size, and we're going to see how this transits out for the rest of the season. But uh, so far, early on, that Colts O-line is coming back to what we thought we were getting with Philip Rivers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, even, you know, I, I forgot what happened and why, but I saw Wesley French came in at center as well, and I thought he balled out. So I, I was just super happy with, with how they've been playing. You know, that's exactly what I was thinking, actually. You know, the offensive line is finally, you know, coming back. And, you know, I think I think that's big because Minshew, you know, is less less mobile than, than AR, and Minshew just didn't get touched. So I thought that was a really, really, you know, positive sign, yes, on Sunday, I should say. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they, they, they solidified themselves last week. You know, of course, everybody wants to quote-unquote say, oh, it was – uh, Texans third and fourth string people. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. They were they were there were some starters in their own defense. So don't give me that that they were third stringers. So um uh the offensive line did they think uh like you said zero sacks allowed uh on either quarterback. Um I think that's the first since the Peyton Manning era far as I can remember that we hadn't given up any sacks. So uh yeah kudos and shout outs to the offensive line. I hope they continue to play like that next week. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you know, it's all starting four years back there. It's like, no, you're you're just that bad. And it's okay. I mean, you just you hello, you were picking the top of the draft. You traded back in to get Will Anderson, who's an absolute dog, by the way. So you know, kudos to the draft pick. It was a great move. But yeah, just like us, you guys are in a rebuild. Granted, you're further behind in, in terms of than us, in terms of like where you're going to be. But yeah. Your, your defense is just that bad compared to our defense. We still got some names on our defense. And, you know, one more time, uh, obviously, Shaq, seeing Shaq back on the field is absolutely great. But how about Zaire Franklin? Man, that guy is an absolute just tackle machine. So, and like Gula was saying earlier, you know, did they forget our, our defense line? Did they forget our linebackers? Zaire Franklin's a forgotten name in there in terms of the rest of the league because of DeForest Buckner, because of Grover Stewart's out there, because of Shaq Leonard. Zaire Franklin as well, throw him in there. You know, we, we've got an absolute nice unit comes defensively. The only question is a secondary. And, and again, like Gulick said, uh, Gil, Gilmore and, and Isaiah Rogers back there were easily 2-0. Easily 2-0. Just like the, just like with our quarterback, with the corners, we're gonna have the uh, growing growing pains. We're gonna have to learn with it again. You know, Darrell Baker, Dallas Flowers, year one, year two in this league. It, 
it, it's going to be a growth thing. Juju Brent, who we still have yet to see that I guess the coaching staff is kind of slowly bringing him along. It, it's going to be a pain when it comes to that, but we're moving towards something and kind of like how Marcus, Marcus, how you said as well, you know, nine, 10 wins might be a possibility this year. No Super Bowl, no playoffs, but it, it's a growth towards something in the future. And we're ready for it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. And, uh, Sorry to cut you off, Marcus, but you know no, no, we, we were uh, we were talking about. I mean, in our group chat, we were talking about last night uh, that Browns game, and you know I was, you know, saying saying us us now like winning nine games as our ceiling. You know that's not crazy to say because you know just like I was talking about for offseason narratives. You know people were saying you know Deshaun Watson's back. You watch that game, he stunk. Deshaun Watson is no longer himself. You know we're we're looking right now like what's going on with Joe Burrow. Like he got that big contract. He looked like he forgot how to play football. You know, he's been costing me a lot of money in my fantasy football leagues. Like, like all these games who, who people are, are circling like, oh, that's going to be a win for X team against the Colts. This is going to be a win for X team against the Colts. Like after looking at these, at these games, like I have, I have full confidence that we're going to beat the Cleveland Browns. You know, if, if, if Watson keeps playing like this, I mean, we saw week one, like, um, Especially with like uh, Derek Carr and the Saints, you know, he threw for 300 yards. They and they see us later in the year. Yesterday, you know, he barely threw the ball, and we have one of the best run defenses in the league. Like a lot of these games where people were saying, you know, the Colts are going to win, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think because our defense is still really good, and these quarterbacks who you know people were creating narratives on, you know, they're going to like really do well. They're going to turn up. They've really just not been doing too hot. So I think I don't think nine wins, you know. Is too out of the question. And and one thing that I want to add to to that is, um, you know, shout out to Shane Steichen. I mean, if you guys, I know you guys watch the game, the way he game plans is ridiculous. I mean, I, I didn't recall a play at all that I've seen last week that they ran this week. I mean, so teams that are game planning against the Colts, it's going to be hard for him because he's not showing everything on film. It's like each week. He has a different game plan, different plays he's running, and that's why we're moving the ball. So I, I'm loving this. I, 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 I can't wait. I mean, shoot, I know it's 17 games, but man, it's like I, I can't wait to watch them every week just to see what's going to happen. Right. It's funny that you bring up Steichen because then you know you, you go and watch the Panthers game, and then you hear his press conference after. So I just got to throw the jab in there. How good is it to not hear? those Frank Reichisms when it comes to us losing a game. Cause I obviously what was quoted is that, you know, he's not changing anything. He's been here before, you know, he's, he's going to sit, keep doing the same thing with Bryce Young. He's not worried about it. And again, and, and what's funny, what's funny about it is that if you guys remember a draft day, you know, they were saying Bryce Young is the, the most, most day one ready, you know, and then Stroud number two. And they were saying Anthony Richardson was, you know, about a year away, two years away. Sure. Like, fine. I'll ignore that. I, like you guys, I think Anthony Richardson has shown that he's probably the best as of right now. Again, small samples two days. She's the looks good as well. Bryson does not look good at all. And, and I'd probably argue, at least in terms of offensively, he, he should have been, you know, kind of placed in the best situation to succeed immediately. And then maybe us number two, Stroud's going to kind of struggle with what he's got. But uh, yeah, but so um, Marcus talked a little bit. So Google talked to you. The difference between Steichen and Reich, how does it feel? Man, it feels great. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, we haven't seen um, offensively. The Just the level of creativity, especially on Richardson's, you know, second TD run, you know, 
you know, guys just making blocks, Michael Pittman laying the wood. I mean, that was great. You know, that that type of creativity stuff that we thought that we would be seeing, but we just haven't seen. And, you know, a really underrated, uh, you know, part of the game was I, I remember, I believe it was fourth and one, and we sent out our special teams, and then they ran off the field. The offense ran back out, and then it caused Houston to uh, blow a timeout. And I just thought that was just, you know, genius coaching. You know, just throwing off the other team like that, and like I said, like that's just stuff that we haven't seen from Frank Reich. So I'm just, I'm just relieved, you know, that 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 Shane got this this win in the book. You know, he doesn't have to feel, you know, all nervous about starting the season. You know, zero and five, zero and six, whatever. And uh, I'm just, I'm just excited, just like Mark, just to see where this is going to take us. Yeah, most definitely. You know, obviously, it's a nice breath of fresh air. Obviously, you know, getting a new coach and like we kind of both said, like you guys all said, the play calling, the playbooks different. The confidence in the sideline that we have is way different than it's been in the past with Reich. You know, and so hopefully, again, kind of like Reich, because when Reich first came in, I, I think we might have all been on board with it. I definitely, I know, I definitely was. So hopefully, this is one of those situations where there's like it looks good early, but later on, you know, we'll see. But in terms of a start and how it's been going, it's obviously it's all good. But with that, before we close it off, you know, real quick, so we do face off against Baltimore and this coming Sunday. I know early on, early season predictions, I know I put it as a loss. Marcus, you obviously were talking about how, you know, a lot of these teams that we're thinking as losses may not so much be the case anymore. But uh, looking ahead to week three, and I guess we should talk whether we think Richardson's even going to play or not. But, uh, Marcus, what are you looking to see different from this week going forward towards Baltimore? Um, I think, uh, like I said, Steichen's different game planning. Um, I mean, he knows uh, teams well. Uh, he game plans well. I think the defense, as long as they continue to play the way that they play, we got to tighten up on that back end, though, real good. Uh, far as the corner positions, but uh, I think that front seven is pretty decent. Um, going into this Baltimore game, I think we really, really have a shot to win. We always usually go to Baltimore and play really good. I know the past couple times we've been there, um, we play really, really outstanding football. Uh, we let one get away from us. I think it was last year or the year before. Uh, we let Lamar Jackson eventually let him come back to win. But um, I, th- I think we have a little legitimate shot to win uh, come Sunday. All right, and then uh, Gulick, kind of same question, but then also because I just touched on it a little bit. So we obviously we know that Anthony Richardson left uh, last week's game with the, with concussion, self-reported as concussion. So he he's in the protocol right now. But I'll kind of pose it this way: Do you run him out there week three if he's healthy, or do you just let him sit and prep him for week four? Uh, personally, you know, I would sit him this week um, just because it was self-reported. Um, you know, we saw that first drive after, um, after after that big touchdown run, his first pass with his left hand out of bounds. So, you know, I think it shows a big level of maturity. But, you know, I think, you know, this game was a big testament that Gardner is money, man. You know, this dude is accurate as hell. He's not going to give you any big splash plays. But because of, you know, his, his knowledge of this offense being with Shane, you know, I think that, you know, he – he's still going to give us a, a good shot to win this game. I mean, you know, people are even saying on Twitter that, you know, Minshew has been, you know, probably one of the better quarterbacks that we've had in this past, in, within the past few years. You know, he's better than Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz, um, which, you know, I, I don't know if I'd agree or or not, but, you know, I, I, would, I would say the dude is accurate as hell and he gives us a shot to win. So, you know, I'm still going to be confident 
you know, if if Gardner goes out there, and I'll personally sit him because you know we want to think about longevity. This is you know two weeks in a row that that we do have injuries with Richardson. Yeah, it's like for me, I'm kind of conflicted on it because I was hard, I was hardcore just alertly. If he's healthy, you know, send him out there. He he needs the reps. We, we got to grow with them. But like sitting back and thinking about it, you know, maybe you do sit him because like like you kind of both said, he he's the future. It, it's more important than just one game. It's not like it's the playoffs or anything. And, and again, we're not really set to really compete this year. And like you said, Minshew looks good in mock-up duty. Sure, it was the Texans. Baltimore's gonna be different. I, I get that. But like you said, I, I think with Minshew, you're still in a comfortable position to win a game. Sure, he doesn't have the legs where Shin does, but he, he still knows the playbook. He can, he can still get the ball to the weapons. You know, even when he came in, I believe he had a, he had a completion to eight different targets. So he, he's going to spread the ball around. I like you, I heard things, oh, he played better than Ryan, played better than Wentz. You know, you can kind of, you can coin flip that one if you will. But he, he's shown that you can put him out there. And it, it's still good football to watch. You're not. It's not like with the Sam Ellinger project last season, where you're just kind of like, oh, what are we doing here? You're comfortable if Minshew it has to go, it has to start another game. Yeah, you know, it's it's like one of them, uh, one of them things, you know, where you know backup quarterback comes in and everybody gets all nervous and stuff, and oh man, not him again. But you know, with Gardner, I'm more comfortable with Gardner starting on Sunday. Uh, I, I, I'm with Gulick. You know, if he, if Anthony is healthy, just let him sit and watch from the sidelines this week. Um, and then maybe that will, you know, it will teach him a little bit to how to protect himself so that way he can be um, uh, ready and prepared for, you know, the, to go to battle with his, with his guys. So, uh, but if he is healthy, you know, set him, let Gardner go in there. I'm, I'm comfortable with Gardner starting this week. I'm, I'm very comfortable. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm with that. And, I, and that's a good point to end it off. So obviously first and foremost, thank you all you guys for tuning in and listening if you're not already, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at First and Fifty Six. Also, YouTube Sideline Sports, the YouTube channel, you can catch our live, all of our live streams, some of our past shows, and a lot of other shows from other content creators under the Sport Sideline Sports umbrella. All sports, nearly almost all teams. If you're looking for it, you can probably find it on Sideline. Give them a follow on Twitter as well at Sideline Sporty Number One. Give us a follow on Facebook as well, First Fifty Six, and then have a podcast. On Facebook, obviously, you guys already know where you can find us listening. Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Buzzsprout, Citra, anywhere and every list to a podcast, you can catch us. What I have myself, Gulick, Marcus, Styling Sports as a team, 156 as the handle. This is first 56 signing out, and we will catch you guys.